There you go. Thank you, Brother Daryl, for those uh, uh, songs, and thank you for um, being here, and we're excited to be here um, this morning and um, as we study the Word of the Lord, and um, we're going through Ephesians, and um, you know, um, uh, chapter 5, and we're going to study verse 1 to 20, actually, 1 to 14, I'm sorry, um, and and so, um, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 5, I'm sorry, verse 1 to 14. And this is an interesting chapter um, uh, of Scripture, but it's, you know, um, something that I wanted to emphasize uh, is that the Bible says that even as ch children can understand Scripture. And so... Um, Really, it's, it's, it's not hard to understand. Uh, most of the time, 98% is just what it says. It is like that. We don't have to find and look for a weird, extra, different um, meaning or, or significance. Uh, what it says is what it is. And so uh, let's read it. Ephesians 5, uh, verse 1. And the uh, Bible says there, therefore be imitators of God, and I'm reading from the ESV, uh, as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up, up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is Proper among saints. Let's, let's think about that word, saints. Lest there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ of, and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not associate with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world, walk as children of light. Nine, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Hmm. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine you. And that's, that's the subject, that's the theme for today. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine you. In Spanish, we'll say, levántate dormilón, y te resucitará Dios de los muertos, y te alumbrará la cruz de Cristo, para los dormilones, ¿verdad? Uh, for the ones who like to sleep a lot. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. In our text today, the Lord has for us a challenge. And also before start, you have to understand these letters were written, uh, you know, it's, it's very hard to uh, go back and list, uh, like today. Okay, we're going to start from verse uh, 1 uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. But, you know, when, when somebody was, you know, when you read a letter, you don't read, you don't read just the middle part, right? Or just the beginning or just the end. So this book is a whole letter. Don't, don't put attention on the numbers and on the titles that your Bible has. Uh, they were put it in there about a thousand years later. Uh, you know, try to read. And there's some Bibles right now. There's a, a movement right now who is a, a group that is selling Bibles without the numbers and without the titles. And it's pretty good because you have a letter and you read it the whole and you say like, whoa. Now I get it, right? So, uh, you know, we have a challenge, and I don't know if uh, Brother Drew, Pastor Drew did it on purpose, 
you know, I am, and, and if you have heard me preach, I am very prophetic in the way I preach. First, probably, and mostly in English because of the lack of eloquence, or eloquent words, you know. Uh, you know, I have to just very straightforward. So, you know, if you feel, if you feel bad, still it's fine, you know. <laughs> still, I don't care. No, I care. But, uh, but that's because of that. But I have preached all my life like this, you know. I, I, I just cannot avoid it. It is a black or white. It's no gray, you know, it's no gray, grayish. And um, so uh, really, you know, the text today is just telling us two things. And we just have two points. And I know you're happy because you're eating early in the restaurants, amen. And uh, you probably, you have your siesta earlier, you know. Christian siesta, we have to have it, uh, you know, early and all that is awesome. So. Um, this text is tell us about how to walk through this world and yet remain completely dedicated to him. How is that that we are in the world but not part of this world? So in Matthew 5, 13, 16 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? You know, ladies, if you're cooking and, and you know, you're putting salt and salt and salt, and if it doesn't work, you throw it away, you change brands, right? You know, salt should give flavor, right? And if it doesn't do that, you throw it away. Christians should give flavor to the world. Christians should be different. And this verse, it, it just, it's just straightforward with that. This, the salt that it doesn't, then it, then it loses its power, it's no longer good for anything. It's very straightforward. It's not saying like, yeah, you can use it for somebody else. It's not good for anything. Um, except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it give light to all in this house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they might see your good works and give glory to your Father. Give glory to your Father, not to you. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Because when we do things expecting others to, to, to say something good, man, we're going for a heart being broken soon. Um, so what Jesus has here in mind is that as Christians, we want to be affecting the world. We, we need to be infiltrating the world. We have to affect the world, not the world affect us. And this is the challenge. How is that we enter the world without allowing to influence us? Okay, if you see verse 1, and if you have it there in your Bible, say, you know, I, I bring my Bible today, and this is a bilingual Bible. Um, and, you know, I understand the easiness of having it in the cell phone, but something that it has hindered me, and I, I kind of think about it and promise to God is that, you know, when we use the cell phone, and again, I'm not saying something wrong about, you know, then when I use the book, it's harder for me to find the books, you know. I don't know where they are. And so I don't like that. I, I, you know, years ago, I learned the books by memory, and now when I'm looking at a book, I'm like, you know, and I don't like that. So I'm going to start using the book because I want to remember. I want to go fast and know where, where, where is Every book of the Bible, where is all these books? And so uh, that's the reason I have the Bible today. And it's fine if you have it in your cell phone. Still, God loves you. And so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when we were driving here today, Wendy says, okay, pray for your dad because he's going to preach. And, 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 and Josh preached for me, pray for me. And he says, like, I pray, Lord, uh, then my dad is going to preach. And I'm hoping that he will say many jokes, you know. <laughs> so I'm going to be serious today. You know, I'm a serious person. I don't say jokes. I, I preached a couple of weeks in, in Central Baptist College in Conway. And I, I was trying to be fun that day because, you know, I remember when I was in college and chapels were so boring, you know. And we have preachers for 45 minutes. And we're like, oh, you know, send me to class first. I don't want to be here. You know, so I was trying to be fun, 
And then a guy from Venezuela approached me and says, hey, pastor, you know, thank you so much for the entertainment. So I don't know if that was a compliment or what, you know, because I was trying to preach, you know. And he says, thank you for the entertainment, you know. So I don't know, you know. But I don't want it to entertain you, but I may throw something here and there. And so um, verse 1, he says, follow God's examples, therefore, as dearly loved children. And in the previous versions of the NIV and the ESV and the NASB and in the NBA and all these Bibles, says, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. So what do you think about this? Just be imitators of God. The King James says, be, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. You know, when I'm reading this, you know, I'm thinking when I was crossing a street with my mother, when I was a, ch a children, you know, and when you're a little kid and you're going to cross the street, what's the first thing you do to your dad or your mom? Take his hand, right? So as I was reading this, I was just imagining, you know, the dependency we need to have on God. Oh, man, we lost, we, we, we lived that hand a long time ago. But the scripture is saying, hey, take my hand again. And you have to continue. If you're going to walk through life and you're going to be safe, you have to continually be dependent on this. And educationally speaking, in the stage of learning or mastering one field of study, you know, when we're going to study something, we must imitate a teacher for around 10 years. Around, you know, when you go, when you're done with your high school and then you go to bachelor's and then you got your master's, you know, around 10 years you have to, or more, sometimes more, to be uh, imitating a teacher, hearing teachings, um, you know, until, until you can master a study or skill. In order to become imitators of God, we must give all our hearts to do so. We must be imitators of God because we are children. That's what the, what the, what the scripture says. Um, so Paul gave us some examples here. And so starting with the word therefore, you know, um, that word is a connecting word. So you have to read back, you know. If you just start like, oh, I want to read something today and I'm going to read Ephesians 5, 1. And you start, therefore, you're missing something, you know. Therefore, it's a connecting word for something that he was saying back. And so, um, uh, you know, God wants us to seek to love others as Christ loves us. As a child often mimics his father, we are to mimic our heavenly father. We are to look to Jesus as an example of love. Jesus came and placed himself right in the middle of evil and sin. You know, and so we have to, uh, you know, we have to uh, not be part of the world, but we have to imitate uh, God. And so, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting that... Uh, you know, again, therefore be imitators of God. You know, the word imitators, imitate in Greek, really almost sounds the same. Imitar is in Spanish. Imitate in English, almost the same. I think it probably have the same Latin root. Uh, uh, you know, he's it, 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 just telling us, act the same as somebody else, you know. Um, but brothers and sisters, honestly... That's not easy, right? So the Lord is giving us some ideas, some examples to do this. Like children's, you know. Like, you know, when, when, you were a, when you were a child and you go home, you're not thinking about like, oh, man, gas prices are so high, you know. You know, and, 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 and all the groceries are going up. When you were a child, you just go home and eat. You don't care about, you know. How your parents, where, how much they spend. You just go there and you say, mom, I'm hungry. And mom has to do whatever she needs to feed you. That same trust. That same trust the Lord is telling us. Imitate me as a little kid. 
have totally dependence on me. Totally. You know, you're not thinking like, oh, I'm wondering if my mom have time to even cook, you know. You just go there and say, mom, I'm hungry. And mom has to become an octopus, right? We're going to start cooking, you know, 10 things and, and okay, you know. Um, and and, and, and that, that way the Lord wants us to, to, to follow him. But then he says in verse 2, and walk in love. And he gives us the example of Jesus, you know. Because Jesus came to earth as Christ loved us and gave himself up first for us, you know. He came and died on the cross. But also he says a fragrant offering. Sometimes we miss those little uh, things, beautiful things. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Again, what I was saying at the beginning. You know, sometimes we do things expecting that others will tell us like, oh, you do a great job. Thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you so much for doing that. And, you know, this verse is telling us Jesus. And, you know, the Bible is telling us do everything. Not expecting anything from anybody. Do anything for the, honoring, for honor, for the honor and glory of God. Sometimes we expect the, the applause from, from others. And you know, again, that's, that's, that's risky. So risky. We, we, but as Christian, if you do anything for God, also you'll do it right. You know, sometimes we do things like, oh, you know, they want me to do this job. I'll do it. Half of it. Oh, he, he's going to find out. Gosh, this, all this chapter that we're going to read. Really, it's, uh, it's raising the bar for us. It's telling us, you know, hey, you know, you have, to be, you have to be imitators of God. Who can do that? You know, as we go through the sanctification period in our life, we're probably not going to be able to totally imitate God. But the Lord is telling us we have to be very close. And so, whatever thing you do, do it to the glory and the honor of God. If somebody, if somebody say thanks to you, say thank you for doing this, great. But that, you know, the value that you have in your life is because, you know, you're, you're serving, you're working, you're living, you're acting as you were doing this for God. This really will, will also uh, keep your heart um, safe. Uh, you know, uh, you know, love. We live in such a, we're such a society, and love is so selfish. And all the sins we're going to talk later are selfish sins, you know. Oh, pastor, I wanted to talk to you because my husband doesn't, you know, he doesn't do the things he used to do when we were dating. Just understand what we say. He doesn't make me happy anymore. So selfish. Because real love, God's love, it's not about what others gave to us. It's about what we give. This is not normal. If you're a normal human, you will not go and understand these things. If you're a real Christian, you'll say like, oh man, I know, and it's hard, but it's it. Oh, pastor, my husband doesn't make me happy anymore. My wife doesn't make me happy anymore. Who told you that that was love about that? That's very selfish. You need God. You need Christ in your life. Because God, you know, relationships are about how much we can give. Ah, what's one of God? What's going to be for me? You know? We always become, what? We always think about what is going to be for us. But really, you'll feel fulfillment in a relationship when you give. And you give. And, and you know, the Lord will bless you. The Lord will change the other person, the Lord will make anything for you to start receiving. So don't worry about what you're going to get. Start worrying about what are you giving. Quit saying, oh, he doesn't give things to me. Start saying, start asking the question, what are you giving to the relationship? Because, you know, that question is very selfish. And so... Um, God is telling us, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. A fragrant offering 
and sacrifice for us. Um, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow my example as I follow the examples of Christ. Somebody told, somebody told me one time, if you hang out in a coal mine, you're going to get dirty. You know? Um, and so it's a fine line in which you have to be very careful if you're struggling with sins or addictions, smoking, if you know smoking is not good for you, or alcoholism. I watched my grandfather die of years and years of, you know, alcoholism. So in our case, that's very, you know, touchy, you know. Uh, it touched our hearts, drugs. You have to be aware, you have to be aware that being with somebody who practices these things, and if you're struggling in these things, it will put you in a very strong temptation. So better not to do it. Better not to hang out with that people. You're fighting against temptation. If you're struggling with something, don't feel like, oh, I can do all my things through Christ who strengthens me, and I'm going to go with these guys, right? Because you'll fail. Bah, you know, like a big banana, right? In, in our countries in Central America, you know, when plantains fall, you'll hit like a flat, bah, you know. Well, you'll fall like a big banana if you think you're strong enough, you're struggling through addictions. Don't do it. It will be one time. It will be a time. Then the, you will grow up and you'll be able to like, you know, okay, you know, I'm fine. I can hang out with these people. But if you're struggling in all that, it, it better, better not to hang out with those kind of people. Because let's be honest, real Christians are either influencing others or being influenced. John 9, 5 says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. The key was in the fact that Jesus unselfishly loved us and gave himself up for us. If we are to imitate our Lord in this world, we must die to self and seek the good of others. Otherwise, we will get caught, caught up in temptation and sin. And so the first part of the scripture is saying, you know, again, um, therefore, disconnecting wars, imitate God, walk with love as Christ love us. And also I read a scripture from Paul. Then he says, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, give, do this to satisfy God. Serve, act, serve in the church. How many times we can say like, I'm not going to help in the church anymore. Because nobody has said thank you to me. Right? You're not doing. You're not doing for the pastor. You're not doing for the people. You're doing it from God, and He will bless you. He will bless you abundantly. But sometimes we got it all wrong. So He give you these examples, and then in verse three, oh Lord, here He comes. You know, um, He start to tell us about. So the first part is telling about how real. Christians live because of what we what 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 we're gonna read later. He start telling us what, how people who is not believers, and Paul says that very straightforward. Um, you know, in the Bible says if we continue to see the, to read there, but sexual immorality and all impurity. Or covetousness must not even be named among you as it is proper among saints. You know, uh, other verses will say, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. These words, not even a hint, tell us that these things should be completely out of the life of a Christian. Um, you know, this word sexual immorality comes from the Greek word pornea, which come, which, from which you get the word pornography. It refers to illicit sexual uh, intercourse, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, and all that, you know, uh, uh, sinful things. 
talking about impurity, Jesus says in Mark 7, 21 to 23, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, uh, you know, and all those things. And it's funny because most of the time, it's interesting, you know, when, when the Bible gave us list of sins, it always starts with, with sexual sins, you know. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever think about that? Um, why, why is that? And again, because these this, this, uh, attitudes, these uh, bad attitudes, these sins, you know, sexual sins are really, uh, or people who are very selfish really, because this self-satisfaction is just me, you know, and all this is just about thinking about me. You know, uh, if we are married and we're doing some of these things, we're just thinking about us. We're not thinking about our wife. If we are not married, one day you will be, and again, you're not thinking about your future wife or your future husband. The more sexually uh, bad influence you have from the world, the less... Um, you know, the more um, you're going to be, you're going to lose uh, sensitiveness. You know, you, you're going to be, you're going to be, um, you're going to start seeing others like flesh. You know, not as real uh, guys or girls. So that's, that's the reason, and a simple way to say it, then all the time scripture, most of the time, start pointing sins who come out of a, somebody who is just thinking about them. Uh, you know, those things ruin our personality. They're contagious. They're like a disease and quickly spread to poison. The, you know, uh, the problem is that we cannot manage these evils by our willpower. Some of you have tried and have failed. We need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us which alone can purify us from all things, 1 John 1, 9. So as we walk through this wall, we have to be watchful. We have to guard against temptation. Um, we have to, you know, we have to be careful about how close we go to those who are making all these sins because we can get caught. Um, Bible also says we also have to watch what we say. Because we have to be careful in our speech. Because sometimes even that can lead to sin, right? You know, I, I, I say this all the time. If you have a relative who is struggling, if you have a friend who is struggling, and, you know, and he come to you and he tell his problems, that's a great opportunity for you to talk about Jesus. But that's not normally what we do, right? Oh, friend, I wanted to talk to you about my relationship. My husband doesn't, you know, doesn't love me anymore. And he is doing this and doing that. Well, girl, take a skillet and hit it in the head, right? We, we always give bad advice, right? Oh, he doesn't deserve you, you know? You, 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 you know, eh, you have to have something better, right? And we always give very bad advice to people. Listen, and this has to be a rule in your life from here on. Over. If somebody, you, Christian, guy or girl, come to you and share his problems with you, you have to think, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No, start preaching to them. Just like him or her needs Jesus. You start saying, my friend, you know, oh, there's so much troubles in the world right now. But you know, I, you know, the best advice I can give you is, you know, there's somebody who created you and love you. And will help you. Oh, no, I don't need your religion right now. I need an answer quick. And you say, this is the best answer. And you have to give Jesus to people, not church. 
I continue to say to the Hispanic group, don't invite people to church. You know, somebody come with trouble, so you say like, you know what? We meet every Sunday. Why are you to come to church? People don't need that. People need to come to church. But they're talking to you. They're asking you. They're not telling you, take it and bring it to Pastor Drew and let him handle the issue, right? But that's what we do. Our culture have created consumerism. You know, professionalism. Each one of you have the Holy Spirit. Each one of you is totally capable to help that person right now. Each one of you is totally capable for that person to lead that person to Jesus that time. How many times, if you think about it, how many times somebody have come to you talking with a struggle? And just, if you think about it now, and maybe that was, maybe the Lord wanted you to use you to lead him to Christ. And you didn't do it. Your words were like, well, we have a great church. Why you don't come on Sunday? And that's great. But you need to give Jesus to people. You know, and so uh, the Lord is, is, is Paul is telling, is continuing to tell us in this, in this thing, sexual immorality and impurity, covetousness, not even name among you. Verse 4 says, let there not be filthiness, foolish talk, or joking, which are out of place. You know, and it's funny. Read, read verse 4 slowly. It says, but instead, let there be thanksgiving? What? You're telling the, 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 the solution for all this is, is, is gratefulness? How? Again, again, as I tell you again. Because all these sins, you know, when you became ungrateful, you start to like, how does that better? You know, this guy treat me wrong. This girl is treating me wrong. I need to satisfy myself. Paul is telling us the solution for this is be grateful, is remember, is, be, is, is, is being thankful, you know. Because when you are, when you are uh, in the middle of this sexual impurity, again, you're not thinking about anybody else. You're just thinking about you. So Paul is saying, instead, be thankful in your heart, you know. If you go back to God, if you go back to Jesus, he will give you, he will, you know, you'll have a, a grateful heart. And it'll be hard. It'll take too much longer. Or you're not going to do these kind of things. Um, but verse 5 really go to the like, are you up? Amen. Are you here? Amen. Just one person is here. The other one are in Mars, right? Are you here, brothers and sisters? Amen. Two or three. Yes, we're going better. Read verse 5 because it's very straightforward. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, which is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. You know, it's very, very straightforward. And you know... Um, I was reading a commentary about um, um, about a very famous uh, Christian um, writer, Tim Keller. And Tim Keller has choose to. He says, like, I'm not gonna. I'm, when I'm preach, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call it sin anymore. I'm gonna call it idolatry. And every time he speak about sin. He used the word idolatry. It's interesting. And Paul says this here. And I, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's his choice. If you have read about Tim Keller, he's a very good uh, Christian author. But here it says, in all this sexual immorality and impure, or, or, or who is covetous, which is an idolatry, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Why? Why he says those things? 
Paul says, you know, because somebody who is a real Christian may be going to struggle to this. But he will be fighting and soon he will leave this thing. And totally, you know, I'm putting words in, in Paul's mouth, really. He's totally like, if you practice these things, you need Jesus in your heart. If you die today and you're in this thing, you will not going to go to heaven. It's very straightforward. You know, you have to remember the context. And Pastor Drew has gave us a lot of context about what the church in Ephesus was, where, you know. And, and they will not, they, they, he cannot, and we cannot allow these kind of things in our lives. If you're soft about this, if you're thinking right now like, well, you know, I don't care what you're saying. You know, you know, I, I have to live happy and satisfy myself. And, and you know, you need Jesus. Because if you die today, you're going to hell. Totally. Paul is saying that to practice these things will not have inheritance in the kingdom of Christ God. And you know, even it says, but there's not going to be even a hint of sexual immorality. Why? But we say like, no, I don't believe. I don't believe God will leave me. He is love, right? That's what we say, right? Or when we are caught in this temptation, or when we are, when we are caught in this thing, you know, and, and let, me, let me give you an illustration. And I, I wanted to bring something here. Um, who will look like, um, and I'm sure the camera is following me. <laughs> Let's say, then that, that is an idol. Why Paul is so straightforward? Are you saying that I'm going to lose my salvation? If I'm in through fornication, if I'm living with my, with my girlfriend, do you say that I'm not saved? Yes, I'm saying that. The Bible is saying that. And Paul is calling that idolatry because whatever we put first of God is an idol. And he doesn't allow that. And not only sexual sins, but all the other, all the other uh, sins too. He's saying that, you know, um, uh, he says uh, covetousness, uh, impureness. So... Everyone who has a, you know, and then the last part talks about light, light, light. So everyone who has a sin who is in the dark is an idolater. You have an idol. And what you do is you worship him. You know? And you see, God, God, God is second. Your idol, your sin is first. That's the reason. That's the reason that Paul is saying. Whoever practices these things has no inheritance. Is not a real Christian. You're, you're, you're an idolater. You have other idols. But God is not your God. So every time you succumb to sin, you just worship that. You just worship that. So what is, what is what you have? What is your God before God? Who is first in your life? Because God says, you know, I cannot allow nobody to be first place. If you're a real Christian, God is going to be the first place. And if he's not, you're not a real Christian. I'm sorry. You think you are because you were born in church, because you dress like a Christian, and you talk like a Christian, but you are not a real Christian. You need Jesus today. So that's the reason. It's very straightforward here. And he says like, Everyone who practices these things has no inheritance. You know, who is an immoral or impure needs Jesus. Needs, and it doesn't mean that it needs to be punished. You know, it needs love. It needs you and me. Because I'm sure you have friends who think they are Christian. You know, they need Jesus through you. They may never come to church. And if they die, they'll go to hell. If you are not the church outside. You know? So there's a lot of friends, a lot of family. Yeah, you know, I have been in church all my life. Amen. And they have a lot of idols. 
you know, sometimes we, we talk, you know, we, we, we have Catholic friends and we say like, oh, I don't know how, why they worship idols. Oh, I'm telling you, some of us are worse than that. Some of us, you know, we have idols and we worship at night and we worship in the dark. And I'm telling you, anyone who does this will not have an inheritance. This is life of death. And it's your life. And your life is precious. Your life is beautiful. God doesn't want you to get lost. You know, so he, want, he wants you today, you know, to kick that idol. He wants that. And you have to do that. And you'll be messy. But it's your life. And he wants you to put God here. Are you going to do that? Are you going to continue to play with sin? Paul says, you know, put God here first. Throw that idol. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. And it's going to be messy. But it's your life. And your life is precious. And your life, you know, you don't mean a thing to the devil. He wants to destroy your life. Your life is precious to God. Your life is beautiful to God. You know, all those sinful pressures, all those sexual things are just a trump from the devil. You don't know what joy it is to truly experience life with God. All that is just trash. But the society, you know, talks about satisfaction, self-satisfaction. Oh, no, you know. Um... Think about you, you know. Um, if we continue to see, you know, every, everyone who is an adulterer, we're not going to have an inheritance. So the solution in verses 7 through 14, therefore, again, that word, that connecting word. Are you with me, amen? I hope you wanted to run out. Brother Dillis is going to kill me to clean that this week, right? Am I going to do it? <laughs> Am I going to help clean that, that idol, right? Uh, it was already broken, so, you know. So the words in verse 7, therefore, don't associate with them. He's giving you clues to help you. Oh, but I love my friend. Oh, but I like so much to hang out with him. You have an idol there. Verse 8 says, for at one time in the past, you were in darkness. And he started talking about darkness and light. Darkness and light. But now, supposedly, right? He says, in the past, you were in darkness. You know, but now, the difference there is not, oh, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm half Christian, right? I have one feet inside and one feet out. You're not. And if you die, you're going to hell. He says, he talks, in the past, you live in darkness. Now everything is clear. And you know, it doesn't say everything is perfect. It doesn't say you're going to be a perfect pe people. But if we continue to read, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you're light of the Lord. You're light in the Lord. Walk. Again, that word, as children, so many times in the New Testament, Paul used that analogy, children, to teach you dependency. Oh, you know, I'm an independent person. I'm an independent woman, right? I can do whatever I want. I'm sorry, Paul says, no, you're still a children. And you have to depend. You have to take the hand of God and never lose him. Verse 9 says, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. There's no part in the, that word, think about that word, unfruitful. Because when, when we think we are Christians, you know, when we think we are Christians because we, we go to church, we will do things and we're not going to have fruit. He says, the works of people who are not Christians are unfruitful. So you blame God, you blame the church, 
You blame anything. And you said like, no, you know, Christianity is not for me. I never, because you, you, you start with the wrong foot. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. And read the last part, but instead expose them. Everything was right. You know, it, it, it looked like he's escalating, right? He's like, you know, talking about this. Now we're talking about idols. Now we say we have to expose them. What? Because only in the light is when things get clear. If you think about it, most of the time when we have done bad things was when we were in darkness. And I'm not talking about mental or spiritual darkness. Literally, it was no light, you know. Um, so Paul says expose them because it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do not do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper. Awake, church. Wake up. Jesus is coming tonight. And you're worried about, oh, you know, I'm still looking for the perfect job. And Jesus will come tonight. And you did nothing for him in your Christian life. Awake, O sleeper. Awake. The world is going to hell. And you're not helping anybody. And you're supposed to be the light. Awake, all sleep. Oh, see, I'm, I'm focusing on my career right now. Jesus is coming tonight. Where your career is going to be. And God is not telling us don't have a life, right? You have to have a career. You have to have a job. And you have to have a job that you like. And you have to, you know, you know the Lord will... The Lord will provide when you are around his will. You know, around his will, you'll be the most happiest person on earth. You will. But all that is not the first thing. All that is not the first thing. Do you get that? God has to be your first thing in your life. And again... You will not going to understand this today if you're not a real Christian. If you're a real Christian, today you're saying, yes, that's right. I have put idols, but I'm going to take them out. I'm going to kick them out. And I'm going to go back and put God first. If you're not a real Christian today, you're probably mad with me. Or you don't understand this. And I, I wanted to tell you, God loves you. And he wants you to go to heaven. Because your life is precious. So, you know, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. What are you going to do today? Which idols do you need to throw away? You know, a lot of other religions have, have visual idols. You know, we have idols in our heart. So let's close our eyes. And, you know, this word is for two different people. If you, if you have Jesus in your heart, and you will say, yeah, you know, my, I work Monday through Sunday. You know, I don't have time for my family. I have, I have mistreated my wife. I have mistreated my children. I need, to, I need to take that idol out of me. It doesn't matter how much you're earning. You'll lose your family. And then money. You're going to be alone. Full of money, but alone. Which idol you have to break this morning? And if you, if you say, well, you know, I think I have been playing church all my life. Now I'm not sure if I'm a real Christian or not. Hey, we have got good news this morning. Uh, you can have Jesus. And he will change your life. 
as he has done with me. And you'll experience something so great, so real, more real than any sin, more real than any, um, anything that you have tried before. You'll experience real life. So if you, don't, if you don't know Jesus this morning, and if you say, if you, uh, if you die today, you're not sure where you're going, I want to pray for you. And if you're here this morning and you says, uh, you know, I don't know if, if I die, I will go to heaven. If Jesus will come today, I don't know what will happen with my life. I want you to ask him. Just tell him, dear Jesus, forgive, forgive all my sins. Come and live in my life. Make me a new creature. Forgive me, Jesus, for all the things that I have done. I didn't understand. I was in the darkness. But now I'm seeing. I want to give my life to you. And you just continue to ask that. And if you, my brother, have been a Christian for a long time, but you have idols before God. Each one of us here have his own struggles. Why well, you don't say, God, I'm breaking those idols this morning. I'm no longer going to jeopardize my life for some dumb things. Jesus, I want you to be the first place in my life. God, I'm putting you back in the center of my heart. And I know it's going to be hard. But from now on, you are going to be the only God in my life. And I'm not going to have idols anymore.